Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. Hello, guys. Today's date is August 29th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the Dolphins' final preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles and how that turned out. But as you guys uh, may have heard from other Dolphins content creators, even though what we saw from the Dolphins on the field was great, uh, there was something else that happened that was extremely just heartbreaking and tragic in so many ways. And I apologize if I'm not able to, uh, you know, have the energy to uh, convey how well the Dolphins performed on the field because the Dolphins also, uh, during the game, announced the passing of Jason Jenkins, who was the team's senior vice president of communications and community affairs. And you know, there's been hundreds of people on Twitter posting about the character and what kind of person uh, Mr. Jenkins uh, was, and I'm thankful to have met him uh, on several occasions. He was an absolute just stand-up guy, and I have had some uh, just great and wonderful opportunities when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, and that is because of uh, two individuals, and one of those is Mr. Jason Jen- uh, Jenkins, and the other one was uh, Scott Stone. And I know a lot of Dolphins content creators uh, can entirely understand where I'm coming from with this, but uh, there was a moment when I was uh, finishing college, and I was just about to enter the real world, and it was just massively intimidating. And I remember out of the blue, I got a message uh, from Mr. Jenkins saying that he liked my podcast and that I should keep up with it, and that I was doing, you know, a good job with it. And I remember my mind was blown. I saw that message, and I hit up just about every friend I had, because I couldn't even imagine getting that kind of response from someone. And he didn't stop there. He kept giving me opportunities on top of opportunities that he didn't have to do. And it was just stuff that impacted my life in ways that I'm not sure if he understood, but there were times when I was extremely low on myself and those opportunities that he let me out were some of the memories that I'm going to cherish forever. Some of the memories that my dad is going to remember some of the, the bonds that we had over the situations that he put us in. I mean, I, I really, I can't even, you know, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. And I just wish that, uh, at some point I had expressed truly how much, those things that he didn't have to do for me at all, but he still went out and did it. And I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other people across the community that have been impacted in a very positive way. Uh, when I would go out there to the Dolphins games, I mean, there were kids that I know uh, wouldn't have had opportunities uh, to maybe even see a game, and he was putting them in these awesome spots to meet players and get to shake hands and to be a part of a community that was uplifting and that can't be stressed enough how important it is and it really is it's just heartbreaking i mean there's nothing that negative you could say about this guy and uh, my condolences go out to uh you know his kids and his wife uh that team over there in the dolphins organization that i know you know clung to him so much and looked up to him for for guidance and I'm just heartbroken by this news. It really was devastating. And I'm going to make it a point more to, uh, you know, strive to be like him, the positive outlook, the uh, ability to go out and help others without expecting anything in return. I mean, it can't be stressed enough 
uh, how grateful I am uh, for having known uh, Mr. Jenkins. So uh, rest in peace. So uh, now I want to move on here uh, to take a moment to discuss the Dolphins' uh, final preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. This was one that if you looked at the score, you could tell there was a ton of offense from the Dolphins. And this meant good performances from not only the first team, not only the second team, but guys even going into that third string of the team. Everyone just appeared to be connecting on all cylinders. And it began with Tua Tungavailoa taking the field with guys like Tyreek Hill making his preseason debut for the Dolphins. Uh, we saw a bit of Raheem Mostert out there. And this game started in just the absolute best way possible with Tua connecting with Tyreek Hill on the opening play for a big gain of 51, a play action pass where he found Tyreek Hill who busted it big over the top and yet somehow after this play happened it kind of managed to generate some sort of controversy. So to offer my thoughts on this briefly because I think it's one that is absolutely ludicrous the idea that there's even controversy. Could it have been a better throw? Maybe a little bit. Tua himself said after the game that maybe if he threw it better that it could have been a touchdown. But the fact that people are using this to point to Tua as if it was an errant throw to me is mind-boggling. This wasn't a playoff game where he missed on a wide-open Tyreek Hill. There were still two guys draped on Tyreek Hill. It was the opening play of a preseason game, his first time seeing live action against an opponent with this guy on his team. And he connected with him on a 51-yard play. This should have been regarded as like best case scenario. The fact that you can connect with a guy that you're still building your chemistry with on the first play for 51 yards and yet people are picking it apart as if you missed on a wide open player, as if you cost your team the game in the regular season. It blew my mind to see that kind of reception. And I'm a little bit hesitant. And I think, uh, you know, some of these talking heads in the NFL media world are picking up on the idea the Dolphins fans kind of have this sense of security over Tua that they uh, don't like people speaking negatively about him. And I fear, and it's kind of been abundantly clear to me that at this point, they're utilizing this as a way to kind of build engagements or get impressions on their tweets or on their articles, things of that nature, that they're kind of almost in a way manipulating Dolphin fans by going after him. This should not be regarded as a negative play by any means. Could it have been slightly better? Sure. But at the end of the day, it was still a monster, huge, massive play. And the fact that people are spinning it in a way as if Tua made a massive error, to me, just seems like a cheap way to kind of get clicks or get engagements and get some sort of publicity. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we've heard that saying that any publicity is good publicity. I get the idea that that is what is happening here. But to me, regardless of that, that was a great play. And then Tua followed up on it on a bootleg play again to Tyreek Hill connecting with him. Uh, he ended up finishing the game two catches for 64 yards. They shut him down after that. I was completely thrilled with what I saw from Tyreek Hill. Do I expect Tyreek Hill to have these monster mind-blowing numbers that he had with the Chiefs? Not necessarily, but I think the drop-off isn't necessarily going to be that massive. And that isn't to say that his impact isn't going to be felt, but I do think there are a lot of mouths to feed in this Miami offense. I think the chemistry that Tua has with Waddle is pretty apparent, and he's going to have his fair share of catches. I think Mike Gesicki still is a mismatch nightmare. He's going to have his 
fair share of catches. Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. I expect to have a high volume there. And then Cedric Wilson as a number three option is nothing to shrug at. So even though I don't expect Tyreek Hill to be, you know, in the top three necessarily in receiving yards at the end of the season, that isn't to say that he isn't going to have an impact, that his presence isn't going to be felt. But I loved what I saw from these two in this short, brief stint in the preseason. Now, Tua stayed out there a little bit more uh, with the offense. He ended up finishing this game six for seven, 128 yards. He connected with River Craycraft in the end zone on the run. A beautiful dime of a throw. Uh, Craycraft, who I will mention in a bit, also had a great game for himself. And then another first team guy that we saw out here for a bit is Raheem Mostert, another guy who was extremely exciting in this game. He had two carries for 29 yards. One of those carries was for a massive gain of 26 yards. That was awesome to see. The commentators at one point mentioned how it seems like Raheem Mostert is not necessarily a second string running back for the team, but it's more of a situation of 1A and 1B between him and Chase Edmonds. That could be entirely possible. Of course, he has that history with Mike McDaniel being a member of the 49ers, and he also is a guy who, whenever he was healthy, uh, produced like one of the top backs in the NFL. When he was healthy, he had those NFL next-gen stats of being one of the fastest guys in football. It was just a matter of whether he could stay on the field. So if he is able to perform like how he was before all the injuries, then the Dolphins could have a guy here who could cement himself as a number one running back for this team. So it was a great game from him. Uh, we saw a little bit of Sony Michelle who was able to punch in a run for a touchdown. A lot of people are speculating whether he would make the team. He kind of offered a different skill set than some of the other guys like Chase Edmonds, uh, guys like uh, Savon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. He was a little bit bigger of a guy, so maybe people uh, were thinking that he could be that goal line carry or the short yardage situation guy. Apparently, the Dolphins didn't end up thinking so. They ended up releasing him from the team as they try to get down to that 53-man roster. And then across the board, I mean, the Dolphins running backs had a great performance in this game. The team finished with 203 yards, five point eight yards per carry. Um, I know my colleagues over there at Dolphins Talk were kind of uh, speaking negatively about Miles Gaskin and how, uh, you know, Raheem Mostert looked like a much more efficient runner than Miles Gaskin. And to some degree, I think that is true if you reflect back on Gaskin's performance last year. But Gaskin in this game in particular, I mean, he looked all right too. Six carries for 39 yards, 6.5 yards per carry, and his ability to kind of make these tiny cuts and jump in between people, uh, you know, in between the hash marks, I think was also still impressive, so I'm not necessarily sure if this was in particular the best performance to say that Miles Gaskin uh, looked like he didn't deserve a spot on the team. And then Savon Ahmed also looked really good making some jump cuts in between guys and then also bouncing runs to the outside. He looked really good out there. And then Jared Dokes even got in on the action with 11 carries for 67 yards. A good testament to how the, the offensive line played in this one. And uh, just generally something that we've been craving to see from the Dolphins offense was this running game really get going and that was the case in this preseason game. Now as we move on to the receivers here for the Dolphins, uh, I mentioned how Tyreek Hill had a great performance. Uh, River Craycraft also had a very big one, not just in the stat sheet because he had four catches for 54 yards and that touchdown, but he also laid out a very nice block that allowed for Lynn Bowden Jr. to take one big in this one. I'm not necessarily sure if River Craycraft is going to get a spot on this team despite 
like this performance. I mean, we heard his name getting called throughout the game, uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to make it. The Dolphins have a pretty deep wide receiver group here. And then Lynn Bowden Jr., who did get help from him uh, with that block, was able to break one big for a 39-yard touchdown. Now, when it comes to Lynn Bowden Jr., that's an interesting case. Will he get that number six wide receiver spot? I mean, maybe the news will break by the time uh, this podcast airs and I make a fool out of myself. But frankly, I'm of the mindset where I think the Dolphins shouldn't overthink it. I think the guy is talented enough. I mean, do you have guys that offer a similar skill set that he does? Sure, but at this point, I think the guy is a playmaker. The guy is great anytime he has the ball in his hands. His mentality is almost kind of uh, Jarvis Landry-esque in terms of his fire and desire to kind of prove people wrong, and I really like that about him. I think a lot of people in the Dolphins fan base recognize how hungry he is as a player to kind of prove himself, and I really like that, and I think that's kind of uh, one of those guys I think the Dolphins should find some sort of way to keep him on the team. Don't overthink it. Keep him as a six wide receiver spot and just give him all these random opportunities to show what he has. And I think uh, that could be a good little role for him. Other guys that we saw in this offense, uh, Eric Azukama had a few plays. He finished this game two catches for 24 yards. There's one play where he was getting dragged down by a defender, almost made another contested, very hard catch, but he wasn't able to reel it in. He's another guy who I think could have a role for this offense as we progress through the regular season. And then another Another guy here, Hunter Long, two catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown came on a very ill-advised throw on uh, Skylar Thompson's part, but he was able to jump in front of the defender, make a very athletic move, and to reel it in just over the goal line for the score. That was an awesome play uh, to see. Now, I mentioned Skylar Thompson there. He continues to make a name for himself. I'm of the mindset that Skylar Thompson, as far as being a backup quarterback, he looks like the real deal. And I don't mean that to say that he could be plugged in as an NFL starting quarterback, but in terms of guys that you would want as a second string quarterback, especially when you consider him being on a budget, I think that makes absolute sense for the Dolphins. Another great performance from him, seven for 10, 103 yards and three touchdowns. The guy has put together three just almost flawless performances when he has played throughout this preseason. The guy looks absolutely composed out there and the only issue comes with the Dolphins kind of giving that guaranteed money to Teddy Bridgewater. So that means if the Dolphins were to get Bridgewater off their hands, it would have to come via some sort of trade. Now the quarterback position is one of those ones that is extremely valuable. I've heard uh, or I've seen tweets from across the league where Lions fans are saying they want to go after him and Viking fans, despite, you know, just recently getting Nick Mullins, also want to make a move for him. Hopefully that could be the case, maybe throughout the course of the season, if a starting quarterback were to go down, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's value would go up. But I mean, Skylar Thompson, if the team were to roll with him as their second string quarterback at this point and be able to find a way to save that money from Teddy Bridgewater and allocate that somewhere else to an area of need, that would be best case scenario. And I personally would be completely confident just based on what we've seen so far in the preseason.
Now, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball here, we saw a ton of good performances from some of these guys. It was uh, one of those games for, uh, for Sam Eguavon. He has one of those every preseason. He is like a preseason monster out there. Led the team in tackles with seven. He had a sack in this game, also had a pass deflection. He was all over the field. Fans will be pleased to see that Channing Tindall was second on the team in tackles with six. He did have one play where it seems like, uh, you know, he got shrugged off pretty easily by uh, one of the Eagles running backs and it ended up being a monster touchdown and then we saw a pass deflection uh, from Noah Igbenogany and Igbenogany is at this point, even though he struggled in those other two preseason games, I think just based on the Dolphins' need at the cornerback position, him being so young, him being, you know, so athletic and being able to offer things, at least from a special teams aspect, will have a role for this team and make the roster. I think that's kind of inevitable in my mind. And then a guy who I think is making a very strong push to making this roster in a depleted back end of the secondary is Elijah Campbell, who we know in that first preseason game had that marvelous interception where he, you know, reeled it in with his legs. He had a pick six in this game, and towards the end of that run, he really displayed his effort when he tried to get into the end zone. I really like seeing that. Hopefully, he's able to secure a spot towards that tail end of the secondary because he's had a very impressive preseason. And then we saw a handful of good plays from guys like Brandon Jones, who really laid down the hammer on some guys. Nick Needham nearly had an interception in this game. Uh, there were a few moments where I I thought, I thought he kind of got beat. And then Jalen Phillips, again, towards the edge. It was a game where uh, he didn't necessarily show up in the stat column. He had one tackle for a loss. But I imagine once we have those NFL next-gen stats that have, uh, you know, uh, an accumulation of all these things like pressures on the quarterback and things of that nature, that we're going to see the impact that Jalen Phillips has because he is constantly within feet of the quarterback. He gets there so quick. It seems like it's a mismatch in every single one of these preseason games with how quick Jalen Phillips is able to get to the quarterback. I'm really, really big on him having a monster season on the defensive side of the ball. So guys, to kind of summarize some of my thoughts, uh, I thought the Dolphins offense first team looked absolutely marvelous in this game. We didn't see too much from them throughout the preseason, but what we saw from them in this game really did open my eyes. I was worried after the first two preseason games about the Dolphins' ability to run the ball, and then right when I said that, in the third game, they he dropped 203 yards on the ground. So it's inevitable, I think, that we're going to see a better running game from the Dolphins come along in the regular season. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure if it's going to be to this extent, but there's probably going to be a happy middle ground where the Dolphins' uh, running game looks at least somewhat effective, and that is the hope. I'm hoping Lynn Bowden Jr. is able to squeeze a role in this offense because he is so exciting to watch. I don't think Preston Williams, especially with that muff punt, is going to be on the team for much longer and generally speaking I agree with the decision to release Sony Michelle even though he did kind of offer a different skill set he didn't really strike me as a player who was uh, performing at a high level and I would ever be excited to see on the field so I would love to know what you guys think that is how I'm going to wrap it up though until next time I'm Steven Masso and this was Via the Source